You probably just got hit up with an ad of someone trying to sell you a house and land package or an off the plan apartment. In this video, I'm gonna discuss with you the pros and cons of buying something new as a house and land or an off the plan apartment versus buying something established today. If you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now, occasionally I bring out my whiteboard and I share with you some basic concepts which aren't so basic, but I'll explain it so it is so basic. Sounds pretty basic. Smash that like button so we can continue. Yeah, now we can continue. All right, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through what is considered old or established, and then we're gonna compare it with what is new. And I'm gonna use my trusty whiteboard, but before you keep watching, if you've purchased one of these properties, please don't be triggered. You probably are going to be triggered, but the fact is that we wanna learn from our mistakes. And fortunately for some that are watching before having made a mistake like this, you can avoid something huge. So continue watching all the way through because I discuss everything from the actual property value to rental demand and discussing what the banks are actually looking for. So let's dive in. Now, what is considered old or established? So when I say old versus new, I'm just looking at established property. Something that exists today doesn't necessarily need to be tenanted, doesn't need to be owned, occupied or anything like that. It exists. That's what I'm referring to. Now, I prefer purchasing property that's established. That's fairly obvious given where my track record has been with my portfolio as well. If you're interested in checking out what my portfolio looks like, you can definitely go check this out. It is a little out of date, but it'll give you a good idea. Now, the reason I prefer these, you'll see as we go through this video, is because I have certain now, in a market like today where interest rates are increasing and we don't know what the end insight looks like, it's always good to have certainty. Now, I feel bad for anyone that purchased a house and land pretty much over the last 12 to 18 months because imagine going every single month and thinking, I paid a deposit, but I'm not sure I'm going to get the deposit back because I don't know if I can borrow in two months' time. Or every time the rates go up, you're like, oh shit, I don't know if I can borrow, which in turn means I lose $100,000 to $200,000. It's a pretty scary prospect. But what we're going to do is we're going to try and avoid making these mistakes again. And if you're watching this before having you know clicked on one of those ads, do not click on those ads. Let's jump into it. Now, what is new? It's yet to be built. Now, I don't care if it's an apartment. I don't care if it's a townhouse. I don't care if it's a house and land package. They're all the same. And I'm going to explain exactly why. But that's what I'm referring to as new. So it's off the plan. It hasn't been constructed yet. And in some cases, you've got land that hasn't actually been registered. So they'll say, you can buy this land, but you can't build on it till it gets registered with you know the council. Oh, how long is that going to take? Maybe about a month or two. And then there's six months or 12 months later. And in some some cases 18 to 24 months later that it still hasn't been registered. Guess what? You own a piece of land got dirt on it. You can't do anything with it. You can't even build. So if any of the rules get changed in that time, guess what? You get screwed over because you just have the land. You don't have a constructed home on that property yet. When it comes to apartments or construction as a whole right now, you're going to have delays. You should walk into it expecting whatever they give you as a timeline, it's going to be delayed. Now, some of that is in their control and some of it's not. We obviously know what's been happening in the economy. We've got a lack of good supply and we've got a labor shortage when it comes to the construction industry. So even the people that are working, some, not all, but some are just absolute numpties. They don't know what they're doing. And I'm not just making this up. Like I talk to a lot of people. I get a lot of emails from you guys, which I appreciate, but it gives me a lot of insight into what is happening out in the market. And that's how I decide to make these videos. Because if I suddenly get three or four of the same types of emails, I think it's about time we jump into making a YouTube video to have a high level of certainty that others like yourself that are dealing with something like this. What I've got here in the red is don't buy what your accountant recommends. Now, 
Okay, your accountant is to manage your accounts. They aren't a property advisor, they aren't a buyer's agent, they manage your accounts. So if you are getting advice right now or acting on that because your accountant told you, you are gonna get screwed over, right? It, it's simple as that, you're probably gonna get screwed over. And the reason is because they only have the intention to reduce your tax. This is very important when you're assessing your team, you've got to go out there and say, okay, if I want a mortgage broker on my side, I want a buyer's agent, I want to have an accountant on my side, what is the purpose of each of these people? They're coming to me in my team to assist me in something. What are they assisting me with? So your accountant is going, I want to reduce your taxes, structure you properly so you're protected. That's pretty much what their purpose is. When you go to the mortgage broker, they're going, I need to get you a loan and I need to get you the best deal, structure it properly so that you are in the best position possible. Great, that's what your purpose is. As a buyer's agent, you're coming in here trying to help me execute on my strategy and all three work together. Because as the buyer's agent, I'm going out there and finding the right deal for you. So you can go and actually substitute that in your roadmap to then actually get to financial freedom. So if you've got these three people as a bare minimum in your team, why would you now go to your buyer's agent and say, hey, what sort of loan should I get? Or go to your accountant and say, hey, what sort of property should I buy? Or then going to your broker and saying, how do I reduce my tax? It sounds pretty counterintuitive. And when you put it like this, it sounds pretty logical when you approach it like that. So when you get told by your accountant, you should buy this, this is what they don't tell you. Now, granted, some people work ethically and some people really do the right thing. But I say some people, because I've heard from people that are watching this channel, reach out to me going, this is what my accountant suggested, this is what's happened. Or this is what my broker is saying, doesn't feel right. Because not only do accountants do this, but your broker could do this too. So if your broker comes to you and says, hey, you should go and talk to this guy because he sells new house and land packages, guess what? You're pretty much gonna get screwed as well. And the reason is because you go out there trusting these people, they then refer you on to using the service of a property advisor, not a buyer's agent, a property advisor to go and buy some horseshit crap in the middle of nowhere. Then you say, okay, well, I'll go and buy it because it's brand new, but that's what the purpose of this video is. And we're about to uncover why it is so dirty as to what they're doing. Now, when you buy something new, a house and land or off the plan, you don't know what the commissions are inbuilt into that price. So they're often hidden. Now, I know this for a fact because I'm gonna tell you exactly what my story was when I started the buyer's agency and how I started getting a bit of a following here. Well, I used to get hit up by a lot of people and I still do, but now they just get rejected straight away. But in the early days, I used to read those emails wanting to build relationships with people and just understand the industry as a whole. So I used to go and have these chats. And in these chats, I would realize how much they were willing to pay me to get a client to go across to them. And the number was so staggering for me. I was like, I understand why so many people go and do this. Now, even while watching this video, you might go, hey, that's a lot of money. Maybe I should go and do that. Well, you've got to question it for yourself. Where do your values lie? Where are you ethically placed when you're going out and doing something like this? For me, I sit on this side of the fence. You may sit on the other side of the fence. It's not my place to judge. I wear a black t-shirt. What the hell do I know? So if we go and talk about commissions, well, what does that actually look like? Because aren't you receiving a commission too, Ravi? Well, I receive a payment, a fee as a buyer's agent from you being the client. Just like a real estate agent comes to you and says, hey, would you like to sell? And you say, yeah, I would. They go, okay, great. Here's my fees, which is about three or three and a half percent. And then you're going to pay me when you settle on the property. Great. Awesome. Thank you very much. As a buyer's agent, we do basically the same, but with the buyer. And we say, well, here's our fee. We'll go and purchase the property. And once we've done it, a settlement, you'll pay the rest of our fee. And they'll go, fantastic. Great. Okay. But where does the accountant get the money? Or where do these property advisors get the money? Because sometimes they'll approach you and say, well, it actually costs nothing to use our services, or it costs a really low fee. And you go, well, if I'm paying for a buyer's agent, it costs this much. But if I pay for a property advisor and it's only like a thousand or $2,000, I'm taking that option. But what they don't tell you is how much commission is built into it. In one of the suppliers that had contacted me, we ended up having a chat and he actually offered me for an off the plan apartment, 
$1,000 to actually go and refer him a client that was actually gonna settle on the property. 88,000. And I was like, holy shit. So imagine if you did a couple of these every year, you'd be pretty much sorted. Now granted it was on the higher end, but the house and land packages is where they're getting a lot of people. I see ads everywhere. I get hit up with the same ones you get hit up and they're probably gonna pop up in this video at some point. But what I want you to know is that you need to look underneath the hood. What you need to ask is how much of this is actually getting paid by the developer to the actual property advisor. Now putting commissions to the side for a second, you also need to factor in construction. Now, as we said, you know, your land could get registered in six months, it could be 24 months, who knows? The same goes for construction. If they say it's gonna be promised to be done in 12 months, it might take 18 months. And what you've got to ask is how long is too long? Because if you go in there expecting to move in, say you're buying your own place and you expect to move in in 12 months, well, guess what? And you're renting or you're living somewhere else, you need to time that with the cycle, with the market and your property. But more concerning is how much can you actually borrow? Now, if we take a snapshot of say 12 months ago, you go and enter into a deal for a house and land package or off the plan and that advisor would have told you something along the lines of, hey, you only need to put a small deposit down of 5% and then that way you have no mortgage, but the property value will go up because apparently properties always go up in Sydney and Melbourne, which they clearly don't. You see, that's why I don't buy there. But that's what you get told. You get sold this dream that that's what's gonna happen. Now, if you did that 12 months ago and the interest rates kept moving up, you might be in a position now where you can't actually settle on that property. What does that mean? Well, it means that you have gone in and entered a contract to say, I'm gonna buy this for 850K. At the time of you signing, yeah, you could probably afford 850K. Now with interest rates having increased, you can probably only afford 700K. And that means if you were to settle tomorrow, the house is built, they come to you and say, well, where's the money? You're gonna say, well, I can't borrow the money. Guess what? You lose the house. You don't have the house and then you're probably gonna enter into some legal ramifications as well. It's a pretty shit go. But that's the part they didn't tell you because they didn't think interest rates could go up and they also didn't think that property prices will go down. And that's the next part. If you're in the boat of saying, well, you know what? I was smart, Ravi. I actually bought something for 850, but my borrowing capacity is a million. So even after the interest rates have increased, I can still borrow 850. Fantastic. But the bank is taking on the risk, right? So they're going to go out there and say, cool, you're saying to me, this is the contract for 850K. I am taking the risk as the bank. So I need to value if this is worth 850K. We know that property prices in many parts of Sydney have dropped by, you know, 10 or 15%. So let's say conservatively, it even dropped by 5%. And if it dropped by 5%, they're going to come in with a bank valuation of 850 minus 5%. Now the shortfall, which works out to be about $40,000 is now having to come out of your pocket. So if you haven't saved $40,000 on top of whatever your deposit was supposed to be, guess what? You don't get the house. And again, that is where the uncertainty lives with something like this. That's why I always say, if you're going to go out there and invest into real estate, don't fall for the garbage that's out there saying, oh, it looks really nice and shit. What you want to do is go for the established properties you know with certainty you can buy and build a foundation. Whether you do that with us or whether you do it yourself, the point I'm trying to make is build the foundation first. Just go for the boring type of investments because that's what you want. Long-term growth based on a level of certainty with the data and statistics that you have available. When you go and purchase something in a new area that's deemed to be a high growth, growth corridor or some crap, you have no data. You don't even know if people want to live there. All you know is that people purchased off the plan or you purchased house and land packages, but in 12 months time, can people still afford to purchase those properties? Are they willing to still live in those areas? And with the markets having come down, imagine purchasing a property and then realizing in the desired suburb, maybe 15 to 20 minutes closer to the city, the prices have dropped to a level where you could have gotten in. Now you might not be able to get in now because you've already got the contract, but now people are going, well, why would I move 15, 20 minutes further? I could buy here now. And the demand starts shrinking. And that's what we're seeing with interest rates increasing. So if you have no certainty around borrowing and you know being able to go and complete the contract, there's not much point putting a deposit down because you're going to lose that too. The other point to this 
this is, well, there's no issues because it's brand new. I can tell you now, if you have a brand new house or you've ever built one, you will still have issues. You will still go out there and have things pop up. You know, there could be the taps, it could be this, it could be that. Now, granted, if you've got an older house, maybe 40 or 50 years older, then yes, you're probably gonna have different issues, but don't go into this expecting that, oh, I've bought a brand new house, no problems at all. The apartment that we live in currently, and then we're renting this, is only a couple of years old, and it's meant to be a premium luxury build. I can tell you now, we've had so many issues. We're telling the property managers they've got to get it fixed, and guess who pays for that? The actual owner. So if you're going into this, whether it's your own home or whether it's an investment property, there are gonna be things that you're gonna to have to fix. So don't get caught up in the sales pitch of saying, well, don't buy established because you're gonna have maintenance issues. You'll have maintenance issues with the new property stuff too. Now, I said to you earlier that commissions are inbuilt into the price, but you're not gonna know that. So what happens is you end up purchasing a property for say $850,000. You'll go, okay, that's a great deal. And then after about three or four years, you decide, okay, I'm sure the properties have grown in price. Let me go to the bank and get a nice surprise. And you come back and they say it's worth 850K. Now in that case, most people come back and say there's been no growth in the property. The problem is there may have been some growth, but you didn't realize that because what the value of the property is, is 800K today. So although you're buying it for 850, it's probably only worth 800. And the difference between the two is where the commissions got paid. And that is something that I got taught early on because I went down the same rabbit hole, which is probably where you're at at the crossroads going, why would I buy something older when I can buy something newer? And it's in a growth corridor, I've been sold a dream and it looks really nice. That's the problem is that there's not enough education out there to be discussing this sort of stuff. Now granted, there might be some people jump into the comments and say, Ravi, you're biased because you're a buyer's agent. Bias, buyer's agent, yeah, nice. <laughs> but whether you use the service or not, you're still getting free value here. And what I'm sharing here is cold hard facts. It's not shit that I'm making up. Like this stuff happens and is happening today. So it's always important to know who you're listening to and why. Question the fact that, hey, if a buyer's agent is telling me this, why are they telling me? Having done this for eight or nine years, I've definitely seen my fair share of scams and serious issues ethically that are being presented by people all involved in the real estate industry, accounting, as well as mortgage broking. Now, the other thing is that when you're usually going into a new area, you would have high levels of supply because everyone's building at the same time. Again, it's that concept. When you build up for new apartments, you can't just go, I'm just gonna build one level this year and then I'll build another level the year after. No, they build the whole thing and then it all comes into the market at the same time. So what that could mean is that you won't get the level of rental demand you were once promised. You also may not get the growth that you expect straight away. And that lack of demand is what's gonna stagnate your growth long-term. This is the stuff that doesn't get taught because most people that are new house salesmen may not even have built their own portfolios yet. What they don't realize is how the banks look at it. In fact, I've had people come to me that actually are property advisors selling off the plan house and land packages and they've come to me for a strategy and they're now looking at buying established properties. If that doesn't tell you what you need to know, I don't know what does. Now, the final point I'll make around old and new is the value add component. Now, this is very important and it's something that unless you really are in the game, you're not really gonna be aware of this. And what it is, is that when you go in and buy a new home or an off the plan apartment, there's no value that you can add to the property. Like you couldn't go in there and say, I'm gonna repaint the house or I'm gonna go and add an extra living space. And if you're living in an apartment, you've got even less choices. But when you go and do that for an established property, you can go in new paint, you can go in and do a small reno, you could add more space. And that maybe will cost you about 10,000, 20,000, 
30,000, 30,000, but you could actually increase the value considerably. And usually in that case, if you're putting in $1, you might make three in terms of the equity gain. And that would mean that you could go to the bank and take a portion out of that equity. So if you borrowed at 90%, you'd probably take out about $18,000 just by simply investing 10K. Now it doesn't sound like a lot, but imagine doing this at scale. And to be able to do this in three years, four years, five years, when the new property, you can't do anything. From the bank's perspective, are you able to borrow more if it's a new property or no? No, you can't. Because what happens is with these newer properties, you also don't have rental yields that are as high. So you'll get often told, well, yes, it might be negative cash flow, but don't worry because you get depreciation. Now, the fact is the bank doesn't really care about depreciation. They're going, well, yeah, that's after the fact, but how are you managing the property day to day? Can you make your repayments? Do you have enough funds available to you? And that's where your rents come in. And if you're negatively cash flowed, it's still going to affect you. The other big risk, and this is probably the biggest of the lot, is your valuations. If you go and purchase a property and 12 months later, it's valued for less, guess what? You're putting the money from your pocket. And if you don't have it, you lose the house, you lose your deposit, and you're probably going to have some issues after that too. And when you're looking at borrowing capacity, just with interest rates alone, and your rental expectations could be much lower at the point when they're actually built, could really affect if you can purchase a property or not. If you can't settle on the property, you've just gone ahead and wasted your time having put funds towards the property purchase, but also the opportunity cost of not being able to purchase anything during that time as well. So for me personally, I want to see rental demand. I want to see under market value. I want to see the potential to add value and I want to be able to borrow now. This level of certainty is what I use to be able to go and build my portfolio year on, year out to be able to keep growing. And I don't care if it's brand new. I want to go out there and build wealth. This is all it's about. It's logic. It's numbers and sets. I don't care how I feel if I like the property and I can post pictures about it. It's just if it serves the purpose of what I want from an investment portfolio. Now, if you did off the plan properties or house and land packages and you did them well and the cycles worked out for you, you could make a lot of money. There's high risk, high return. And that's what you've got to often ask yourself. Is it worth taking up that risk for the reward upfront? Or can you afford to take that risk once you've built the foundation? Now, I'm not against people taking risks and doing things that are different. But the problem is that people go in too early for something like this, make one mistake and it sets them back five to seven years. Don't make the mistake. You're spending so much time and money working towards these goals to go and build your financial wealth and financial freedom. And that's why I continue to make videos like this so that it presents some education for you guys out there. If you have enjoyed this video, smash that like button, subscribe if you haven't already and check out the rest of the whiteboard videos that I've made. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.